It's a real honor to be here, and I'll tell you what, uh, I came this morning with an idea of what I was going to speak on. But the worship is so important, and as we were worshiping the Lord, God impressed me to go in a little bit different direction. And so, by the way, y'all ladies all know my, my dear wife here, Janie. I'm, I'm typically known as Janie Alfred's husband, so that's <laughs> what I want to, oops, sorry about that. All my little books. What I'd like for you to do, and I know I, I didn't know if y'all do the King, New King James, and, and uh, I was told y'all in the ESV. So we're going to start over here with Modesto. <laughs> and what I'm going to do, I'm just no country boy. I'm going to tell you what, John and Kelly, uh, we're, we're going to miss y'all. But listen, y'all pray for them because they're moving to a free state out of the People's Republic of California. John, where are y'all? Oh, he just went out, okay. But anyway, so I want us to turn to Psalm 51, if we may. Because I don't know, I just know my wife and, and, and good gracious alive. I forgot your first name, sweetheart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And so we're going to start over here with Modesto. We're going to go, and I'm going to have different ones y'all read. Uh, this is kind of the way I, when I teach, I have people read. And the reason I do this is because I've learned it's not just me, the pastor, saying it's you reading it. And the very thing that we prayed, hallelujah, that God would speak. In fact, before we get into this, that last song we sang. I want everybody to turn to John chapter 3, verse 30. And Modesto, I'm going to have you start off with that. Where's your brother? Where's he? Where's he? There he is. He's been out. Okay, I was looking for him too. So I know those two guys real well. We, we like to do things together. But let's look in John 3, 30. And the reason we're going to do this is we were saying, Lord, more of you and less of me. Right? Uh, my coming this morning, I'm honored to be here. And, uh, but this is something that God has certainly made real in my life. And so, Modesto, let me give you a background first part. John 3, Jesus confronts Nicodemus, tells him about being born again. And then he talks about light and darkness, and that men love darkness rather than light. And then Jesus and his disciples are down at the Jordan baptizing folks. John's disciples see that. And listen, even though we're saved and born again, do you know that to the core of our being, and that's what I was going to preach on this morning, actually from Romans 7 beginning in 14, and we may go to that, I don't know. But the fact that we are to the core of our being corrupt. Do we have any little boys and girls? Well, we got some, I won't say that then. But we, we are really corrupt. We don't have any righteousness. Isaiah 64, 6 describes our righteousness. I won't get into that here in this setting with these children. But we have none. And it is the grace of God, hallelujah, from beginning to middle to end. And the process begins when we get saved. Hallelujah. 
that Jesus then is conforming us to the image, or the Father is conforming us to the image of his Son. And that is a painful process. How many of you guys here played football? Now, if you say that you enjoy two-a-days, you're an unequivocal liar as great as Barack Obama. <laughs> you may throw me out for saying that, too. That's all right. Two days were never fun, were they? But you know what they were for? For you ladies and others who never did that, they were for the last quarter and the last game and the last few minutes of the season when the score was tied. That's what they were for. It's a breaking, it's a preparation, it's, it's just the endurance and all of that. And so when we come to Christ, the process begins of God conforming us to the image of Jesus. And ladies and gentlemen, it's painful. You know, one of the things, I, I, I'm a, I must confess, I'm a Fox News junkie and a History Channel junkie. I love to watch all the war movies, and Janie does too. I'm lying. She doesn't like those, but she sometimes watches stuff, but we watch stuff together. But the thing that God has so impressed me is we see in our nation today just corruption like we've never seen it before. We see uh, uh, politically lies and deceit emanating, especially from this state, greater than I've ever seen it, from the governor all the way down. And I pray for them all the time. The only thing that's going to break through is the power of the Holy Spirit, period. Because it's a, it's a dictatorial, even a Marxist mindset, tragically. Uh, aside from who the current president is and, and the... And I'm not, a, I'm not up here talking about party politics, but the Republican leadership, but tragically in the Democratic Party today. When I was a young boy growing up in Mississippi, by the way, they are moving to a free state. But Democratic Party today versus what it was when I was growing up is like night and day. It's not even in the same ballpark. Now, the reason I say that is because as we see all this stuff going on around us, we become so focused on that. I'm here to tell you what Jesus called us to do is to be light in the midst of darkness. And what we sang about today is that. But let me just tell you this. You're going to have to speak the truth. Now, as a young man, I got saved 52 and a half years ago at Mississippi State. By the way, I know you all are going to Nashville. I don't know if you all are there. Vanderbilt or UT fans, hope you all have a good time until we come and play you. All right? But I got to say, 52 and a half years ago, through the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And during that process, the breaking has been intense. My own failures and sins, and yet God did. But I, those four years I was there was not, were not about playing football. It was about learning what it meant to follow Jesus, and he used football as a means of teaching me those truths. Isn't that amazing? The failures, the breaking, the discipline, getting back up, pressing on, and seeing God do through me what I couldn't do for myself. Now, having said all of that, Jesus, or rather John's disciples, were jealous. You know, even as Christians, again, as I'm saying this, we're born again. That's the one thing we have, his righteousness in us. That's all we can appeal to, all we can appeal to. In fact, Paul, as he wrote toward the end of his life, 1 Timothy 1.15, he says, Jesus Christ came to die for sinners. And the English simply says, among whom I am chief. 
literally, it means among whom chief I am. I'm not going to scream because I'll scream. I, I mean, he's, it's emphatic. And at 71, I now realize what he's talking about because as I grow in Christ, I see sin in my life today that I didn't even know was sin. And I realize, God, I have absolutely zero to appeal to, not one thing. And having said all of that, <clears throat> John's disciples come back and they're a little bent out of shape and upset. Well, that isn't fair. You've ever heard that? You know, I've, I've discovered that self-pity is one of the most addictive, destructive de emotions that we can have of our carnality. That isn't fair. You baptized him and all them going down there. It's not fair. What are they doing? It? And John says this. Read it, Modesto, please, sir. Ooh, I like that loud voice he reads. <laughs> now I'm going to give you all an amplified translation of what this is saying. I want to write it down. Not that I'm anything but God's word. That's what you came to hear today. Not me. The very thing we sing about. <clears throat> he must continually increase But I must continually choose being decreased. That's huge, isn't it? He must continually increase. But I must continually choose being decreased. Now, let me just say this to all of us. <clears throat> God's called us to be light in the midst of darkness. Fifty years ago in the South, segregation was a big deal. And as I say, folks, I'm nothing. I'm less than nothing. I'm a hair on the ward of the backside of a hog, okay? But God led me to speak out and take a stand against that, biblically. I went face to face with Klansmen, but I'm going to tell you this, tragically, I see it with a lot of the blacks, the Black, the black Lives Matter and others, the exact same racism that I saw with the white Klansmen. But I went face to face with those people and all kinds of threatened things like that. Why? And in our church, our little Baptist church down in South Louisiana, we were the only integrated Baptist church down there. People say all kinds of things about it. Why am I saying that? Because our lives are not about us. <sighs> our lives are about people seeing Jesus within us, and that includes in all venues of our society. Even in the churches, even in, in learning institutions, there's a move today with homosexuality. I recently was asked by a student who said, Professor Alfred, we have this new teacher. And she made the comment. She said that the language that Paul used in Romans chapter 1 and in 1 Corinthians 6 about homosexuality didn't include the loving relationships that homosexuals have. What do you think about that? Now, y'all don't know me from Adam's house cat. Modesta knows, my wife knows, you know, and a few other things. I had to grab the table. 
I said, well, with all due respect to this person, I think that's one of the most asinine, imbecilic, in, uh, interpretive analysis of the Greek I've ever heard. And wherever she got it from, I said, she didn't initiate with her, initiated with somebody else who's greater than that. And so we went back into the Greek, went back into the, oh, the Old Testament, New Testament, all that kind of stuff. And I was showing him, I said, that's baloney. I said, men have always been the same from the fall onward. I said, there have been homosexuals who are out messing around like heterosexuals, anything that has a skirt, anything that has pants on. I said, then there are others who have a more connected relationship. It's always been that way. But I said, sin is sin. And here's the thing you've got to realize, sin destroys. Just like we sang this morning, oh, y'all are blessed to have these, these precious worship folks. I'm going to tell y'all, I was deeply blessed. But sin destroys. Jesus comes into our life. I was going to do Romans 7, 14 about that, but here's what God impressed me to look at because of all of us here today. I'd like for us to look at Psalm 51. Psalm 51. <clears throat> I'm also going to have Modesto, I don't have your precious bride. You, you, read, you read verse 1, and we're just going to go down the line like this, back, 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 back. And again, why? Because I want y'all to read it. It's not just me telling it to you. Are you with me? Let me tell you something. This is God's living, eternal, inspired word. Are you with me? And it says you read it. That the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. Now, he does. He speaks through teachers. But as you read it, Boom, he's going to make it come alive. That was the very thing we prayed about today. Is that amazing or what? Hallelujah. Go for it, sir. Verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. Woo! Now, when they get down here to the south, they're going to hear preachers talk like me and scream and yell like that too. So y'all get used to that, all right? According to your loving kindness. Is that incredible? That is exactly what we sang about this morning, isn't it? Hallelujah. Do you understand? He didn't say according to my good works, according to how obedient I've been. We talk, we sang about our failures, didn't we? We sang about, and the loving kind, I just was overwhelmed. I mean, I was not even going to look at this until we started singing. But I believe there are folks here, not, you don't need to hear me, but you need to hear what God's word has to say. According to your loving kindness. Keep going. According to the multitude of your tender mercies. <laughs> According to the multitudes of your tender mercies. That means in every area and venue of our life where we fail. Now, here's what God's told me to do. We're going to kind of go back and forth, okay? Now, I, told, I was told I have an hour and a half to preach, right? I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> but I do want you to turn to Romans 7 because this is going to be important. Romans chapter 7. And I tell you, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to have you all read out of the old and read out of the new. So, so uh, but that's what I want you to read, if you would, young man, please, sir. Beginning there in Romans chapter 7 and verse 14. Read that too. Now, 
Now you understand, let that train get by. <laughs> you know, I was amazed tragically about that truck being on that track when that train, how in the world could the driver not, I don't know, that's a different ball game, I don't want to get into that. Read it one more time, Modesto, please, sir. Now here's what's important to understand, ladies and gentlemen. As Paul is writing this portion here, he's writing it as a believer. He came to Christ. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. But God had to do some major, major breaking in his life. One of the things that happens when we get saved is we kind of think, oh, I'm new. And all of a sudden we start seeing sin in our life, right? What's wrong with me? Nothing. But now God is exposing to you sin that before you didn't even know was sin, or maybe you didn't see the degree of it and the destruction it is. Isn't that amazing? And so we see according to your mercy and your multitude of mercies, your, your grace. Is that incredible or what? Hallelujah. <clears throat> it's not about us being seen. Ladies and gentlemen, it is about Jesus being seen. Whatever you're doing today, whatever you're doing, as we read there with John, in fact, I tell you what, I'm going to keep peeking, picking on this young man. Uh, Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Let's read that too real quick. In fact, I'll tell you, I'll let your precious bride read that. Now, do you have as, as outspoken and tremendous voice as your husband does? <laughs> well, let your husband read it then. Now, I'm not trying to be, I want somebody that can read this thing. It's going to be loud and everybody can hear it. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 there, Modesto, please. No, no, I'm sorry. What did I say? Colossians 3, 23 and 24. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Ooh, my land's alive. Now, let me just tell you all something. <clears throat> uh, in the original language, there is no word for heartily. They don't have adverbs like we do. A little translation what and whatever you might do from cleaning up here, building this, your job, electrician, I'm a mailman, I'm a salesman, I'm a doctor, I'm a grocery clerk, whatever it may be, I'm a construction worker, whatever you do, listen, out of your innermost being, that's what it's saying, out of your inner man, continue to do it as to the Lord and not as to men. You see, our sense of worth, our sense of value, so many times is, all, is measured on how we get the praise of others, right? God began to teach me that when I was in college, as I said, playing ball, of playing as unto him, not as unto men. In my uh, sophomore year, I got a concussion. We were playing Florida there in Jackson, Mississippi, and this, we had a goal line stand. The back came through there. I shot the gap, and he hit me right in the head. And I had a concussion. But back then, 50, they didn't diagnose concussions, and they saw me coming off the field. It looked like I was drunk. I mean, it was amazing, wobbling off the field. The next three weeks, I was sick as a dog. The last place I wanted to be was on that football field. 
But the Holy Spirit strengthened me, and I said, Lord Jesus, I'll go out there. And I felt like I was the, I felt like I had two left hands and two left feet, and I was the most meaningless, worthless piece of nothing on that field out there. And then God put me in the game. And I'm going to say this. I want to say this to all of you here. I don't know what's going on in your life, but it's not about you being seen. It's about Jesus. And it's about you're out of your innermost being, wherever God has you. Doing what you're doing is unto him, not unto man. I went out there in those games, and I'm going to tell you, guys would miss blocks. I was a defensive tackle, and I'd make tackles. Y'all ever watch Mississippi State play football? Anybody here? I want y'all to make sure you watch that when you get back down there, okay? Even though y'all are going to be a national in Vanderbilt territory. Cowbells. They ring the cowbells. I'd hear those cowbells ring. God, how in the world? At the end of that sophomore year. God. Not men. God had me selected to be on the sophomore all-Southeastern Conference football teams in defensive time. When I saw that thing, I said, God, I don't deserve this. I did There were guys far better than me. You know what the Lord said? He said, you're right, Justin. You don't deserve it. But I did it not for you to be seen, but for me to be seen. And what God did through that is open up doors. Because back then, Christian athletes weren't that big. Opened up doors. And I was able to go sheer all over the southeast. And I literally saw thousands of young people come to a saving faith in Jesus. Powerful lesson. Now read verse 24. Let me just say this. That word knowing... That word knowing, maybe God's going to use him to be a preacher, huh? What do you all think? (laughs) Knowing, that means something that you have come to see and realize as a completed truth, and yet it's an ongoing, continuous truth that God's making real in your life. Okay, keep going, sir. Knowing. Hallelujah. You are continually serving the Lord Christ. Wow. And everything we do. Now, ma'am, do you have a loud voice too? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Well, then I want to just go back to Psalm 51 and read verse 2 there. Go for it. Woo! That's our prayer continually, isn't it? Okay. Next, sir. Isn't that interesting? Keep your fingers here. Turn back to Romans 7. Hey, young lady, can, do you have a loud voice? No. Okay. What about you? Do you have a loud? Good. All right. Make it vociferous there, verse 15, Romans 7. 
My land's alive. It's Jesus' sweet little voice. And he said, but you said, you're doing good. Is that not the case with all of us? Huh? How many of y'all in here have met that state? Why am I doing this? I don't want, huh? Come on now. Let's see the, let's see the hand. All right. You see, that's the state that we're in. And part of what God is doing is breaking that lie and deception of our own depravity that we can work our way to heaven. No way will that ever happen. It is his grace from beginning to middle to end. Hallelujah. That's what it's all about. Now, let's go back to uh, uh, Psalm 51 there. And let's look there at verse 4. Uh, Ma'am, do you have a good voice? Good. Psalm 51, 4. Oh, my land's alive. How important it is for us to see that God sees everything we do and everything we think. Are you with me? You can deceive and fool people. Can't fool him. He sees it all. Go ahead, finish it up there, ma'am. You may be justified in your word. This is God's eternal word that we're talking about. And here's, here's what I want to say. I don't know what your time is spent on a daily basis of prayer and being in the word. But it needs to be uppermost. As I say, I've been a Christian now 52 and a half years. And you know, don't think just because... You know, I'm a minister and do stuff. Oh, I see. No, it's not. Every day I get up, the battle is this. Oh, you don't have time to pray. Oh, you've already prayed. About it. Oh, let's skip it today. Oh, you don't have time to read the Word. Just to, oh, that's all right. You read, you read two days ago. You know, I'm, as I say, I'm 71. I still try to work out. You know, the best part of working out in a gym at my age, y'all know what it is? Leaving. Finishing, having it over and done with. By the way, the security team, I just want to make this suggestion. I would be more than honored. I don't know if y'all know how to self-defense stuff, but if you ever need anybody to help you with that, I'd be honored to come and help share, share with you some things on that. All right. Now, let's go back. This is going to be huge now. Brother John, you're the man. Get your bibble. You can speak, oh, good, all right. Now we're back here, we're back in Romans, excuse me. Yeah, Romans chapter 7 and verse, I'm going to have you read 16 and 17 together. I tell you what, do, do me a giant favor. I don't like to ask, could you mind standing up so they can hear you? Because I heard you up here speaking good.
All right, so what it's saying is what the law says, what God's Word says of what we are is right. Isn't that amazing? Now verse 17, sir. I'm going to give you an amplified translation. But now it is no longer I am the one who's continually doing this. But the continuous indwelling sin in me. Is that fascinating or what? You see, that sin is there with us, isn't it? And ladies and gentlemen, it's never going to leave. Now, the breaking process is a continuous ongoing thing. Let me give you all an example. You all ever watch these ads on TV about losing weight? Huh? That one thing, all you have to do is eat this food. You see these people lost 60 pounds, just eat the food. Just sit on your backside, you know, and watch the TV, do whatever you do, but never, it's just going, gee. Or some of these exercise things. You know the thing now is kind of an angle, and you see and they have this gal up there, you know, nothing here. She's got like a six-pack gut, or the guy does, you know. And like, that's how she got to looking like that, doing that. <laughs> if you want to know how she got to looking like that, you come with me to the gym and I'll show you. Periodically, I'll see these young ladies doing something. They go, ah, ah. I said, now that's the real workout. But that's not appealing, is it? Huh, come on now, is that appealing? But it's absolute, unadulterated truth. Let me just simply say, our growth in Jesus Christ is not easy. One day, my precious bride and I just were taking a little time off, so we went to Barnes & Nobles. There's a Barnes & Nobles bookstore there, close by where we live. And we walked in there, and on the left, which you walk in there, they had a bunch of books at the beginning and the left, and at the end and the left, they had these two, I'm not going to call their names, but they were two guys you'd know very well, writers, both of them in Texas. And both of them were, oh, you can be the best you can want to be by taking care of yourself and just focusing on yourself. I mean, that's basically what they were saying. Boom! I'm just going to tell you my own Bias, I think Tim Depot should still be playing. He's as great a quarterback. He may not be, but that man is a leader. But I think because of his commitment to Jesus, he didn't back down. They didn't like it. Some of the players couldn't handle that. Whew. His book was in the middle. And it was entitled Shaken. I'd encourage all y'all to get that. I picked that thing up. I said, this is a testimony. <clears throat> One of just a few, I think maybe two or three other players ever got a Heisman Trophy as a sophomore. He did. Great athlete. All the stuff. All, you know, boom. And then yet, football rejected him. The brokenness that this God has taken this young man through. I don't know how God's going to use him, but believe me, he is. Because it's not about Tim Tebow being seen. It's about Jesus. And that's what he learned as a young man, his parents Missionaries in the Philippines. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, that book I started, I said, this is incredible. But that's what it's about. That was truth. Those other two things, I wouldn't have even put them in my bathroom, quite frankly, okay? 
His book was truth. And it's what will set you free. Because it wasn't about Tim. It wasn't about how great we are. It was about Jesus, hallelujah, and how great he is. And what he will do for us, how he will set us free. All right? Now, let's go back to uh, uh, 51. I'm serious. What time do y'all typically get through? Anybody, just holler at me. I'm, I'm, 10 in 10 minutes? Are you serious? <laughs> I love it. It's 11.15 now. What time do y'all get through? <laughs> All right, I'll tell you, we're going to make this kind of fast. All right, let's go back, let's go back to Psalm 51. And I'm going to have, ladies, nothing, nothing personal, ladies, but I need a man that has a strong voice. Sir, could you stand up? Right there, you with the Bible looking at me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Stand up and start reading there in uh, Psalm, uh, yeah, Psalm 51, verse, uh, what was it, verse 5. Keep going. Hallelujah. Stand up now. Don't sit down yet. Isn't that amazing? So what we just got through reading over here is the things I want to do, I don't do. Why? Because there's this continuous indwelling sin. Now, we're going to skip because we don't have a whole lot of time. If we had another hour or so, I'd keep going through this. But I want us to look back now. Uh, you can sit down, sir. I have the other gentleman back there, the, the drummer. Yes, sir. I want you now to turn to Romans 7. Stand up, please. And begin reading there. Let's see here. Begin in verse 21, sir. My lands. How many of y'all ever discovered that? Like every day? Now verse 22, sir. Oh, my lands. Does that sound like y'all? You're next, sir. Back in Psalm 51. And we are in verse 7. Is that not what we sang about this morning, huh? Hallelujah. Keep going, sir. Keep going. My land's alive. Now, that's good. Uh, so let's start. Uh, let's start here in the middle row here. Right back there, sir, you. Let's pick up there in uh, Romans seven twenty three, please. Uh, 
members. This actually means it in his in his flesh, his body. Okay, keep going. My lambs, I stand up, don't sit down yet. What does that mean, bringing me into captivity? We're set free in Jesus, but you know what that is? It means bringing you into the continuous assault of the lies of the enemy. Isn't that amazing? Huh? Come on now. Now, you guys are going down to the south. You may get in the Baptist church. Baptist people say amen, yes, and so forth. So let's get a little Baptistic here. Is that, is that good or what? Amen. All right, very good. That's huge, isn't it? Now, uh, what what front of you three men there want to read in the back? Go for it, sir. Stand up, and let's begin there. And uh, we're back in uh, uh, Psalm 51. Do we, we finish up with 10 or not? I'm sorry? Okay, verse 11 then. I mean, sir, verse 10, my ignorance. Go for it. Keep going. Hallelujah. Keep going. You're not done yet. Keep going. <laughs> this next one is huge. Keep going. That is huge. Thank you, sir. Now, I want you to look back there, if you would, at verse 10. Could you stand up and read that again one more time, please, sir? <laughs> Thank you. Here's what's huge about that statement. In the Hebrew, there are a number of words for create or make. Bara is the word used exclusively with God. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created, that's the word create there is bara. Guess what here? That's what he's saying. Lord, you bara and me a clean heart. Ladies and gentlemen, no psychologist, no psychiatrist, no gimmick, no trick. It's going to come as we come, and that's what we see here, broken before God. Isn't that amazing? And here's what I'm here to tell you as a Christian. You're going to have continued brokenness in your life. Continued brokenness. Until you breathe your last breath and you go home to be with the Lord. Now, back in uh, Romans, who wants to read that? You want to read, sir? Stand up. Romans uh, seven twenty four. Oh my lands! What kind of man? Wretched man that I am. Why? Because you see, as Paul grew in Christ, and the brokenness that he went through, and that brokenness brings life. Hallelujah! All of a sudden, he realized. Wretched man that I am. Keep going, sir. All right. 
Huge. All right, sir. The guy right there next to you, ma'am. Stand up and read verse the, next, the last verse. Don't sit down. That's huge, isn't it? So this is an ongoing thing, the battle there. Now, this is what I want everybody in the church to do. I want everybody to stand up right now. I want everybody to read Romans 8, 1, and we're going to be close to being finished when we do that. Romans 8, 1. 1, 2, 3, Go. Boom. Stop. Now, don't sit down yet. If you have another verse, some versions read, who walk not after the flesh, that's not in the original. That was a, a scribal thing. Let me tell you how powerful this is. If you are in Jesus Christ, it's not because of any goodness it's because of the righteousness of Jesus. We don't have time to go through. I was going to go through verse 11, but uh, we don't have time to be here another hour. Ladies and gentlemen, what that's saying, there's, you're not condemned any longer. The righteousness of Jesus is in you, and he covers that. Now, that doesn't mean God's not going to spank you. Oh, my land's alive. Go back and read Romans, uh, Hebrews 12, 4 through 11. God's going to take you out to his spiritual woodshed. I've been out there many times. And the reason he does that is his breaking process that we might come to share his holiness. That's what Paul went through. Now, y'all can sit down. Okay. I'm going to finish up here. Let's, uh, let's have right here, sir, you. Uh, back, we're back in uh, Psalm 51. And uh, let's look there in verse uh, 11, please, if you don't mind standing up and reading that. That means, well, hold on, don't sit on yet. Don't sit it. no, no. God's never going to do that. That was the psalmist writing, oh, my, because of my sin and my failure as a believer, he was the... God chose him as the top, far succeeding Saul, and yet he failed. Every one of us do that, don't we? We come to that place, and bro, we think we're pretty good, don't we? We think God's blessed to have us, huh? Come on now, am I right? Our narcissistic ego, and God has to do a... And let us see that's not the case. Keep going, sir. Hallelujah. In other words, God, you're the one that has to restore it. Keep going, sir. Wow, that's good. Thank you very much. What he's saying is, God, as you use this in me, therefore the brokenness that you've taken me through, hallelujah, just like we sang about this morning, you're going to use that, and through me, you're going to share your truth. And bring others to a saving faith in Jesus. That's exactly what happened with Paul the Apostle. Happens with us. Okay, sir. Verse 12. 
Are you right there, young man? You're next. Let's see. We're there in, uh, yeah, 14. There we go. Hallelujah. That's just what we got to reading in Romans, isn't it? Hallelujah. Keep going. So you're good. Good, young man. <laughs> Keep going. Oh, Lord, open my lips. Whew. My mouth will declare your praise. Keep going. For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I will give up. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. Now we're coming to the key verse in relation to both these passages. Go. Thank you very much, young man. That is where the Lord wants us to be. And I'm here to tell you that's the antithesis of what we see, unfortunately, in a lot of ministries. And I'm not here to judge those men. I pray for God's brokenness in lives, but I am here to judge what they say. Oh, God, only God knows their heart. Many of what their times, what they're saying is absolute, unadulterated nothingness. It's, car it's spiritual carnality. Are you with me? It's carnality coated with a spiritual coat that appeals to the flesh. When I was a freshman in Mississippi State, we had a coach. It's called Dog Owens. Now, we, now sir, pronounce the word D-O-G. You, right? Here, going, it's going to Tennessee. Go ahead. Dog. And you're going to have to learn how to say it right when you get down there. It's dog. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> They're gonna know you're a Western Yankee if you say if you talk like that when you come in. <laughs> but his name was Dog Owens. Dog Owens. And we came out there chewing tobacco, dripping out of his mouth and you know, lot of face here. And he said, Boys, I just want y'all to know. And there were about forty of us, freshmen. He said, Look around here. He said, By the time you graduate, they're only gonna be maybe twelve, at the most fifteen. And we all said, What? We looked around, and he said, you're going to have somebody that's going to be going with you everywhere. Now, back then, we had dorm mothers. I don't even have that anymore. He said, she's going to be with you in your classroom. I said, well, a dorm mother's going to go to our classroom? That's, that's, I didn't know that. They didn't do that. She'll be with you in the cafeteria. And, oh, I'd seen the dorm mother already in the cafeteria. Sweet, sweet lady. You remember her, don't you, mother? And he said, and she'll also be with you in the dressing room. I said, that's not the dorm mother. <laughs> and when you go to bed. And then you know what he said? Her name is, who knows what her name was? Anybody in here? Okay, Mama, tell them. Pain. Pain. Her name is Pain. Now, when he said that, I didn't have a clue what he was talking about. But when I graduated my senior year, I had a thing around my neck, on my arm, on my hand here, around my back, and around my knees. I looked like a walking mummy out there playing. I understood. Let me just tell you this. We're going to close out with Luke Chapter 9, we're all going to stand again and read verses 23 and 24. Let's all turn to our Bibles there, Luke 9, 23 and 24. Folks, I'm, I'm about the joy of the Lord. Joy of the Lord. You can't read the 
the Acts and the Epistle of Paul, this man went through incredible pain. And yet he was rejoicing in the Lord. Why? Because he was losing his carnal life for the life of Jesus. This is not some woo-woo stuff. I'm not a woo-woo man. This is the real thing. Luke 9, 23 and 24, in my count, one, two, three, go. Hallelujah. That word life there is the inner man. We talked about that. Give your inner man out of your inner man. That's what he's saying here. As you lose your narcissistic self-centeredness, say, Lord, it's not about me being seen. It's about you. Then you're going to experience real, genuine life. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you for the privilege of being here this morning to be able to share with these precious sheep. And I pray, Lord, for any here that have never received you as Lord and Savior. If you're here this morning and you have no idea if you were to die when you leave here where you would spend eternity, I want you to, in, in yourself, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I know that I have failed you, but I'm asking you now, O oh Lord, to forgive me of all of my sin, to come into my life, to cleanse me and save me by your grace and mercy. I thank you now, Lord Jesus for coming into my life by your Holy Spirit, for living in me now, and for forgiving me and giving me eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen.